Hello, everyone. And before we get into this week's episode of the Dodgeball Podcast, I just wanted to take a moment and um, just let people know um, what's going on in the world hasn't gotten any better. It feels like I only talked to Vince maybe a month ago, and uh, we're still experiencing a lot of division, a lot of just ugliness that's happening, um, not amongst ourselves so much, but just within society as a whole. And, um, again, I'm, I'm in that position where, you know, I feel like it'd be a disservice to just completely gloss over this fact. Um, but I, I do want to keep this podcast to dodgeball. Um, would like to provide as much of a distraction as possible, but at the same time, sometimes a distraction isn't really what we need. Um, so that being said, before we get into my interview with Kyle, um, I just want to go ahead and offer up this platform as an opportunity for anybody that wants to vent or talk about current events, um, maybe wants to know what I think. I, I don't know why you would, but um, again, I'm, I'm not trying to be silent or complacent. Um, I, I see a lot of hurt going on within the community. And um, the only productive thing I feel like I can do is to give you an opportunity to voice your concerns, where you're coming from, your point of view, your perspective, and uh, maybe find out that you're not you're not alone. Um, and this is a very trying time for the dodgeball community. Um, I just hope we get all through this. Uh, I mean, it's it's towards the end of September. We got two more months left, three more months left. But really, um, another number to the end of the year isn't going to fix anything. Um, talking to each other has done wonders. Talking to people has done wonders for me, um, as you'll hear my closing with Kyle. Um, but yeah, I just want to throw it out there and, and um, let people know that I'm not just trying to ignore what's going on. Um, that all being said, here is my interview with Kyle. And uh, thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Kyle. I'm going to butcher your last name, so why don't you just go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Uh, Kyle Tomasov. I play for Rise for Open, Hosting, and Home. Uh, the way the ratio got changed going forward kind of screwed me on that because there's too many players on the Rise squad now. So currently working on a co-ed team. Nice. And yeah. Cool. Um, I think I'll save my question immediately out the gate. Just like, how did you get picked up for Rise? Um, we'll, we'll wait until a little bit later before I dive into that one. Um, but since we're kind of talking about, you know, the team that you're known for, um, what's your what's your number and why? Uh, my number is 68. It has some meaning because when I was a kid, I lived in an apartment complex and there was a like a teenager who kind of treated me like a little brother and we both played hockey and his number was 68 and I looked up to him a lot. So I decided to go with that number. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Where, uh, where'd you grow up? All over the place, man. Hmm. Lakewood, the desert, um, random places in orange County kind of moved around a lot. Gotcha. And were you playing like, um, ice hockey or like roller hockey or, what was he I most at? I mostly played roller hockey. I got into ice hockey a little bit towards the end, but I mean that's rough. Going from roller hockey to ice hockey is like learning how to play all over again. Huh. I had to take classes on Saturdays just to learn how to skate properly. Just like like rollerblade skate. Well, yeah, like so you can't just go from rollerblades to ice skates and 
do the same thing. It's it's completely different. It's funny because I actually brought in a friend from roller hockey on the ice rink, and he tried to stop like you would with rollerblades, and he completely just fell on his face, and his teeth went through his lip. It was it was nasty. Yeah, I tried playing uh, tried playing some roller hockey. Uh, my freshman year of high school ended up breaking my right radial bone. I'm pretty sure I also broke my left rib somewhere. A rib. It's like protruding a little bit. So uh, I'm surprised I never broke anything because anyone who knows me knows I kind of have a mouth on me. So I was always smaller but faster than people. So I would talk crap. <laughs> and sooner or later, they would catch up to me. So, so I, I can't help. I can't help it, man. Were you, are you a, were you a Mighty Ducks fan growing up? That's why I got into hockey. That's kind of what got me into it, and the injuries yeah. got me out of it. Um, what's your it's favorite? Funny, like when it comes to me with sports, I I like to play sports, but I never really followed them growing up. Right. So now getting into sports, like I love them now, but I don't really have any uh, loyalty to any team. Like there's no team that just jumps out to me that just I'm gonna stay with forever. So I typically follow players I like, but the only team that I'm always going to be a diehard fan of is the Ducks. Nice. I was going to ask, uh, which which was your favorite movie of the three of them? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, the least favorite is definitely the second one. Really? Yeah, I like the first one and the third one a lot. Hmm. Uh, it's hard to choose because I really like the third because of the storyline. With the way uh, Joshua Jackson battled with the coach so much because i've definitely been there in the past but the first one is just the classic right it's just so good so i think i'd have to go with the first one that's interesting yeah i, I really like the second one it's two three one for me i like the second one too i'm not saying it's bad just personally yeah no the third one was good because they're you know they're getting to high school and they're dealing with uh you know growing pains and like we said about charlie battling with the coach um yeah, I might I meant to go rewatch those. Because um. I was there. I was Charlie for a point because when I played, when I was younger, my uncle was the coach. And I felt like I was the best player on the team. But since he was my uncle, he wanted to be hard on me and just constantly made it seem like I'm messing up and there's more I can do. So I would constantly just battle with him. Nice. So you said you had a, a bit of a mouth on you, huh? Is that still... A thing on the dodgeball court or is that in, uh, in the past i've i've learned to tone it down uh <laughs> i had developed a pretty bad reputation in dodgeball early on and it's taken a lot to kind of cancel that out and reverse it really a lot of self-growth or ah, self-growth huh yeah i was i was pretty toxic you know i was a teammate blaming his teammates when i got out talking crap across the court throwing those tantrums it was bad that's interesting. Um, when did you start playing dodgeball? Uh, the summer of 2010. Okay, so you've been in the scene for a while then. Yeah, yeah. I just haven't been involved in Elite until recently. Gotcha. Yeah, I noticed uh, Nick Fixhorn asked about NLA, and we'll definitely say that for the crowdsource questions. But when he said that, I was like, oh, okay. So Kyle's got some history. And uh, forgive me, man, I, I I know of you have seen your face, um, but I, I don't. I can't recall any like... I don't think we've ever crossed paths. Before. Exactly. Probably walked yeah. by each other on the court at some point, especially if you just mail NLA stuff. So I was like, hmm. Because usually the, I, the, the mouthier guys. Think, what's up? So I don't even think I've even played against you before. Yeah. Well, it'll happen in, in time, I'm sure. But um, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, like, usually the, the, 
the mouthier guys kind of stick out, but uh, maybe it's a good thing that I don't. Uh, I, I'm not that way anymore. Gotcha. Yeah, it's. That's... I, can't, I can't stand it now. What uh, what changed? If you don't mind me asking, for anybody Just that might rep- be interested. The reputation I had built for myself, um, you know, it finally hit a head. There was actually a tournament where I didn't agree with the ref's call, and it was one of those drinking tournaments. So Ooh. your boy was a little, uh, few sips in and. I said something to a ref that I shouldn't have, and it definitely made a lot of people mad at me, including players on my own team. So that was kind of like my realization point of you can't keep acting like a child anymore. You got to grow the up. So, you know, it didn't all happen at once. I, I feel like each year there's something else I've gotten better at and worked on. And as long as you just have that mindset, not think, oh, I just got to fix everything wrong with me right away. It's like, no, just one thing at a time, work on this and work on that. And then a couple of years down the line, you're going to look back and realize I'm completely different than the person I was before. Nice, man. Yeah, that's that's a good outlook in terms of growth. And if people try to like yeah. say, I'm going to do all these things at once, cold turkey, and then they, you know, maybe hit like a, a good path for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and they fall off the wagon, they're done. But if you just do incremental stuff, um, yeah, you can probably definitely see how much you've grown in the, in the in the past. Exactly. I feel like that's why people fail on a lot of things like that is because they try to take on too much at once and maybe you'll do fine for a week or two, but eventually it's going to be too much for you to keep up with. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's funny. I was thinking about that earlier. Um, you know, these people that put time, like for example, uh, people that completely transform themselves. Um, you know, you, I think I was talking about with Alan actually last week where at some point people have this, like, this realization like, okay, you know what? I'm done. I'm, I'm going to start working out now. I'm going to get in shape. And they just commit to not a fad, not like a two week, six week beach body program. They're like, this is my life now. And and they start with just the incremental going to the gym or, or in Alan's case, doing, um, hundred, hundred pushups a day. And before you know it, like they have this transformation taking place and we on the outside aren't there every single day. We don't really know what they go, go through, but you know, a year later, holy crap, so-and-so dropped 60 pounds. They look amazing. Like, how do they do that? And it's just the small victories and the the small, like, incremental steps to to make that change happen. It's, it's awesome when it does. But, um, dang, I'm kind of sad. I don't remember the uh, the mouthier version of you, but I, I, could, I could attest to that. But um, Trust me, it's better off. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, well, cool, man. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get, get off that then. Um, so 2010, was that your, like, was that your first debut into, I guess, competitive dodgeball or had you played as a kid or what, what was your first experience with dodgeball like or and when? Uh, I played in like grade school and stuff. Um, I remember we would play it where you're in the middle and you have people on each side of you throwing at you. Oh man. It's called like crossfire or something. Trench, I think. Yeah, I remember being decent at that, but I don't know, like just randomly in school and then it was my friends got into a league. That's where the NLA comes in. And they said it's a lot of fun. And I was just looking for a reason to go out, hang out with my friends and drink on a Tuesday night. So I was like, yeah, I'm in. And then it was one open gym and I fell in love. Like I didn't realize how much strategy went into it. And it's, it's an actual sport. It's a game. It's not just, oh, you grab a ball and just keep flicking it off. Like there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah. And I saw that instantly and just wanted more and more of it. Yeah. People may think it's just a, a kid's game, pick a ball and throw and you could get, you know, 
relatively far doing that a couple of rounds, but uh, eventually you're going to start paying for it once you don't re once you realize there's more strategy involved. And for um for those listening that may not know NLA, that's next level athletics, right? Are, are they still around? Do you know? Yeah, they are, but I don't think they do dodgeball anymore. Yeah, they so gave they, up a while ago. They were just making too much money off other things. So like they would do volleyball, uh, just other other sports, and dodgeball is one of the the things that they offered, right? Yeah, well, NLA opened up a huge facility, and they make it's constantly filled with like basketball tournaments and camps and stuff. So they focus on that, kickball, um, volleyball, like you said. Yep. And yeah, it's just all in all, the Orange County dodgeball died out. It was big for a while, but then slowly and slowly it just died. It's too bad. Um, but you got, I guess you got to go where the money goes. Um, if you're, if you're, yeah. cause they're, they're, they're nation nationwide, right? I think like, it's like Waka and all them. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, yeah, I remember cause they, they would do like the 5k, 10k. They, they, they do some pretty, pretty like high cash, uh, tournaments, um, and that was like between the periods of 2010 to I want to say like 2014, maybe they dropped off before elite like quote unquote took over, but yeah. Well, and also like just less and less people started showing up to their tournaments. Yeah. They'll do it. Like I remember my, when I first started playing my first league, it was a big, big like basketball facility. And you know, we would have 25 teams spread out all over the gym and it was insane. You know, we played three hours, seven, eight, nine and teams filled up all those hours yeah. and then just little by little less and less and less ah it's too bad yeah but wds still live and kicking keeping it alive so that was another question so you're, you're out in la ish i'm in long beach long beach which to me is la um i don't, I don't know yeah, we're much. we're closer to orange county than we are to the city of la gotcha yeah i'm pretty bad at geography so like anything in that whole 50 mile radius is LA. It's like San Diego, LA, and then San Francisco and Sacramento. That's, that's about it. But, um, that definitely helps Orange County in there too. Eventually. I mean, I'm looking at like Phoenix is okay. There's actually Gilbert, there's Tempe, Scottsdale, et cetera. It's not all just one big lump, but, um, if, um, if we can go back to, so world dodgeball society, are, that's who you play with or like, how did you, like, was it just, was NLA your first experience or did you come from like WDA or any of the other like WeHo organizations? Was no, I started in NLA and, you know, it, like I said, it started dying out and we got bored of playing against the same people all the time. So we moved over to WDS and that's funny because Orange County Dodgeball was always looked down on, especially by LA. It's like crap players. They can't come over here and compete with us. Huh. And so me and, uh, the guy I played with a lot who was really good. Uh, his name was Brian Wangart. We decided to move over to WDS and man, you could feel it. As soon as we walked into the gym, there's just targets on our back just cause they know those, those are the orange County guys. We got to light them up, but uh, we eventually put teams together and competed in one in leagues and got respect and kind of put orange County on the map. That's and cool. of course other players came out like John Bohr and of course, Connor and uh, catch them after a few years okay. so that a lot of talent came out of orange county okay that definitely helps um so when you when you played nla were you guys playing 8.5 or what was the style is where so when i first started it was all cloth Ugh. yeah Ugh. 
Uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I can't. No, I, can't I agree. I agree with you. I think it's the worst ball type. But okay, thank God. You know, personal opinion. We all can have them. Yeah. Uh, and then we moved into no sting, and just kept it at no sting from there. And I just I love no sting so much. It's just I feel like there's so much creativity you can do, and so much you can get away with. Definitely want to go into that, uh, especially when I ask you like what version of ball is your favorite. Um, but going back to WDS, so were they still playing 8.5 pinch back then, or, or did they convert to no sting, or was it stay puffed? I think it was all well. They call it stay puff, but yeah, no sting, same thing. Gotcha. It was all no sting. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I like nerding out when it comes to like timelines and like, oh, where were you when this was happening and and X Y Z. And the next question I had for you was, did you ever participate in any of the uh, national dodgeball league, the NDL tournaments? Because they're still pretty big around 2010. Uh, no, I didn't. Did, did you hear about them or like just? I knew of them. Yeah. No interest or, or horror stories just telling you don't, don't, don't bother or. You know, in that time I was just still getting my footing on the ground. Gotcha. You know, figuring out teammates start doing tournaments together with. And yeah, that just was never something that came into fruition that we even talked about trying to do. Gotcha. So we talked about like, um, you, you played hockey first uh earlier uh what were the sports did you play growing up uh, i basically played it everything i just love sports i've always been super competitive and like dead serious when i play gotcha. um so like you know with neighbors and friends always playing basketball football baseball whatever we can do man if we can get out there and do it i was doing it nice did any one particular sport help you with dodgeball that you've noticed throughout the years um well, I know from playing hockey for so long and then skateboarding for like 15 years, I had really strong legs. So in the, in the beginning, I was able to jump really high, really quick. You know, I used to be able to go completely horizontal in the air in a split second. But now, ask me to do it now. I'm pulling a muscle or <laughs> I'm hurting myself somehow. But, I mean, uh, especially now with, uh, with COVID restricting pretty much virtually anything uh, physical. I'm sure it yeah. doesn't, doesn't help at all. And the biggest thing when it comes to dodgeball is just having a sports background. Because when you play in rec leagues and there's people complaining about so many different things, and the problem is like most people who play rec leagues never play sports before. They're just doing this as a social thing to get out of the house and meet people. But, you know, when you grew up playing sports, like you learned a lot. You know, you know how to be competitive, how to be, know what roles on a team need to be filled, how to fulfill them know who your best players are and make sure that you keep them alive and in the game because you rely on them to win. And, you know, I can go on and on about how much sports can teach you. I mean, it's, it's ironic because I was talking to, uh, my trainer this morning who, uh, he actually, uh, he started training catch him about a year ago, a year and a half ago. And I was like, Oh man, this guy obviously knows dodgeball. I'm going to train with him too. And, and he's been phenomenal. Um, thankfully COVID's kind of, lessen the restrictions a little bit. So we started talking about, you know, dodgeball and catching up. And we, we got to the point where we were talking about like how, just like you said, most people that come into dodgeball, they're not used to a sports background, uh, some of them anyway. And so they're not used to like, like you were saying, contributing to a team or what it's like to be criticized, especially if you're really good. And, um, that's funny, man. We were like literally just talking about that this morning. Um, it's so true in the sport. Yeah. Go into oh, a rec league and you have two players that are clearly like the best throwers, you know, 
best players on the team. And so you would think, okay, you're our corners. You should always have a ball if we want to win. But so many people have the attitude like, you know, I paid my money to play too. So I just want to, I'm not going to give my ball up, even though they never hit anything. And I don't know, like when I first started, I wasn't like, I recognized like, Hey, I'm not a super hard thrower. I'm not going to be getting too many people out. So I'm maybe not going to hold on to the ball all the time. It took a while to get to that point. So you kind of understood like what your role is, what your contribution to the team is, where you provide the most value and you're, you're good with that. You weren't trying well, to, Well, I just, I just think if you're a s- solid athlete, you have the, the background of playing sports, you're going to look at the team and figure out what, what is the best form of contribution you can make and then tackle that a hundred percent. Not, not like get this false idea in your head of who you should be. Cause you see a lot of that in dodgeball people who want to be the guy, they want to be the slayer going out there, lighting people up. But in reality, that's not what they're able to do. Yeah. I mean, or it happens like one out of 10 shots and that one shot justifies all the exactly. throws that they do. Joe Fernandez. I actually had an old friend that was like that. He always wanted to be the, 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 the go-to guy on the team. He wanted to be the one lighting everyone up. But in reality, like he was a much better role player. You know, he can get his shots in at the right times and he was a solid catcher. And once he actually realized that and started playing to that, he became 10 times a player. So I'm curious, um, <clears throat> cause I definitely want to talk about rise a little bit. And so when, when did rise approach you? when did you get picked up from them? Um, I actually approached them. Oh, so once no came into elite last season, um, I definitely wanted to get involved. I've been waiting for no to come to elite. And I thought that, you know, I know people in LA know of me, but this is bigger than that. I had to get my name out there, show what I could do. So I think round one, I played for uh, Arsenal because Eric Jones is my boy. <laughs> Love that guy. Uh, you know, we did so-so. I feel like I played really well, especially in our elimination game against Heat. And then after that, I was trying to get on. I figured I'd try to get on like mid-level teams to like slowly build my name up. Right. But everyone wasn't looking for any roster changes. So I was kind of feeling down on myself, like, man, am I even going to be able to play? So I just took a wild shot. I've known Serge for a while. So I just messaged him and said, Hey, if there's any, by any chance you guys are looking to mix things up with your nosting team, you know, I've looked up to you guys for a long time. I'd love to hop on and show you what I could do. And from there, you know, I showed him some footage of me playing and then they had me come out. I had already gone to some of their practices, but now it was like, these were tryouts. This wasn't just come, you know, screw around, have fun. This is like an actual tryout. Right. So I remember my, my first actual tryout, I show up and of course, Billy's there. Cause he was always there. And it wasn't so much of showing what I can do all around that day just turned into like a shootout between me and Billy the whole time. And that, that was basically my trial for rise. Just can I not get lit up by Billy over and over and over again? It, I mean, I would imagine that was successful then, or like you did it. Uh, it's, it started off terrible. I'm pretty sure he caught me my first three throws. Right. And the third one was like right on the top of his foot. Like it's the perfect throw. And he just reached down and snatched it up. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not making the team, <laughs> but I ended up turning it around. I got, I got some hits on him and, you know, ended up playing decently well. And yeah, they said they um, they liked what they saw and we would continue working on it. But after round two, when they had a 
crap ton of injuries. I know Tim broke his hand. Alan was having his back issues. Chad's dog was in the, had to go to the vet. And that made him a little bit nervous. They realized like they had to do something with our roster. And so basically at round two, they just said, you're on the team. Nice. Which I guess it helped that I subbed in for heat and one in co-ed at that round. So that was more, <clears throat> excuse me. That, that was more or less like the proving ground, like you're in consideration. And then when you had that tournament, they were like, okay, yeah, let's definitely pull this guy over. Oh no. They said I was on the team before the tournament even started. Oh, nice. I guess it just definitely helped a bit more that I ended up winning. Yeah. I'm sure that made them feel a lot better in their decision. Yeah. So did, uh, when you talked to Serge, like did did he give you advice before you tried out or he just say like, Hey, go to this practice, show us what you got and we'll leave it at that. Or did he like coach you at all? Or like, did he tell you what they're looking for? Or how, like, can you kind of get into that a little bit more? Well, at first he, uh, he said, they're not really looking to change anything up. They were happy with the team they had, but I brought up, cause one thing I've always noticed from rise when it comes to no sting is that they didn't really have that player. They're the third ball handler that can, just get you guaranteed outs, you know, someone who can just go through, light people up, get back. And I felt like I could f fulfill that for him. Cause when I was looking at all the other teams. I was like, okay, they're solid. They got every the pieces they need. They got the pieces they need. But I felt like that was the one piece rise was missing to make them more competitive and no sting. And so I brought that up to him. And then he asked to see some footage of me playing, sent him some videos. And like I said, from there showed up to a couple tryouts and the rest is history. That's interesting. But yeah, no, uh, as far as advice goes, no, nah, they, they put me through the ringer. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really cool because we, you know, we just talked about playing for other teams in a sports environment. You understand it's, I'm not the team. It's what do I bring to the team, right? It's probably cheesy way of saying it, but just the way you describe like how you, uh, when you're looking at Rise, like what can I bring to them? And obviously they saw that. And I mean, they're, they're brilliant players. I mean, I can go on about, Tim and Serge all day long. Um, Same here. So it's it's pretty cool that um, that's a good mentality because I mean, again, just from what I've noticed, when people are looking to hop on a team, they just they want to play. I I don't think most people think of like what can I bring to this team? Like what are they missing that I can bring? And and if they do, and I'm wrong, then that's on me. But from my experience, like it just seems they want to win like, Oh, this team is really good. So I want to be on their team. I'm, I'm going to wait until I'm asked to be on a better team. Um, unless you're, unless you're Jeremy Bizzle, he's clearly waiting for like the, the brotherhood family fill, which I, I get that. That totally makes oh, that sense. That guy can <laughs> fit in on any team he goes to, but he's already, shown, like, what was up? Oh, I was going to say he's already shown that like, he's a team player. So he definitely yeah. has the right mentality. Yeah, exactly. That's cool, man. Um, I and, I, and I want to add to like, like I always wanted to join Rise. When I first started playing, I went to a tournament just to watch, and I saw them for the first time. Because, well, I should add, when I first started playing, Justin Pine was in that league in NLA. Mm. And so from day one, I saw what the best looks like. And just watching what he was able to do on the court just blew me away. Like He would run up, throw, light someone up, run backwards, slide on the ground on his knee, spin around, catch a ball, jump up, hit someone else out. And I'm like, how the do deal with that? And so when I heard he was on this team called Rise, I went to the tournament because I wanted to see them play. And it's funny, when I first joined the team, I made a post saying 
but I've never really had any type of mentor in this game. I've always learned from watching the best players and the best teams. And Rise is one of the teams I always watch because it did so many things that made me ask questions. You know, I was like, why, why are they waiting right there? Why do they do that move? Why are they not throwing there? Why are they throwing now? And it's as I was able to answer more and more of those questions, it, I learned more about the game and it made me a better player. And since I can see, you can kind of tell they have their culture and their team is very structured. And that's a team that I felt like I would always fit in with the best. Yeah, they, um, <clears throat> they're, they're pioneers. I mean, th I mean, that, that's like an understatement. We would always ask, like, I mean, from 2007, when we first saw Rise, like, what's with these guys? Like, yeah, they've got the weird frosted tip thing going on. Jim looks kind of funny, but they, they're just, they kept themselves. They all matched. And then, um, the following years, like they just were, you look at the NDL, you were lucky if all the teams had like the same matching shirts. Um, some, some got polished and looked better, um, over time, but rise was just, if I was, if I did not know any better, I would think the professional team was, was rise by the way they carried themselves, conducting themselves and just how they took dodgeball very seriously. And then we talked to them like, these guys have a branding guy. These guys have plays. These guys have practices. Um, they, they really, th now they have training camps. Like I'm, I'm curious, like what is rise going to come out with next that we can still learn from. And I wonder if, if there is more that we can learn from them. Uh, but they definitely set a lot of standards that a lot of teams, um, whether they want to admit it or not, um, follow or aspire to. I like that you bring up the, the professional part. Cause that's something I was going to get into with one of the questions later, but yeah, that's exactly, they treat this like it's a professional sport and they're a professional team. Yep. Yeah, there, there's something else, but yeah, we'll definitely get into them just a little bit more because I, I don't want to steal the thunder of the, the crowdsource questions. Um, when Billy was lighting you up and you thought you were blowing it, um, what kept you going? I mean, it, it sounded like you turned around enough to the point where you could show what you're worth. I mean, was there any like internal struggle or did you just want this so bad? You're like, I will do good no matter what happens. Like, uh, at first I was extremely nervous. Like just driving down to San Diego, I was really nervous. It's something I've wanted for so long. And yeah, it was just shaking off those nerves. And then eventually also I wanted it so bad that I pushed through it and able was able to do enough that they liked what they saw. Nice. <clears throat> um Okay, I'll save the rest of the questions with Rise for when he gets brought up again. Um so we talked about no seeing being your favorite ball. Um if you had to rank the other two, um, foam or, or rubber, what would it be? Uh, I'd definitely go with foam second. It's not something I always love playing, but I do like it here and there. It's a lot of fun. Right. Uh, last would be 8.5. I just, I'm not a fan. Yeah. That's most, which is ironic because considering that's what rises bread and butter, but yep. it's just not for me. It's funny how many times Tim tries to get me to come out to 8.5 practices. Just not gonna happen. He's like, he's like, it was when I first joined. He's like, we just need more reps with you. So even if it's eight point five, and I'm just like, no, nah, I'm sorry, I'm not waking up at seven o'clock or six o'clock on Sunday morning so I can drive down to San Diego and play eight point five. How much of a how long of a drive is that when traffic's not an issue? In the morning, it takes me about an hour and a half to get there. Coming back, there's traffic, so anywhere from two to three hours to get back. Okay. Yeah. So it's your whole Sunday is taken up by that dedicated to dodgeball 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. I work in construction, so I have weekends off. So I wake up, give up one of my days, wake up early to do that. And then on Monday, I can tell you how sore I am because these practices aren't open gyms. Like these are, they treat it like every single game is a finals game and they play nonstop for like five hours straight. It's taxing. There's a reason why they can, they can hang for so long. Um, their, their survivability rate, if that's a thing is, is just, it's insane. Uh, but that, that would be why, I mean, people looking for free chicken, yeah, and uh, attention to Tim's that. just a freak of nature, man. Like he's like the oldest guy out there and we're all huffing and puffing that three, four hours in. And he's just like, come on, you we're not going to keep going. Like pick yourself up, man up. It's like, it's like, God freaking Tim. You've heard his, uh, half comment, right? No, what do you, what comment? So, um, we were playing in a beach tournament. It was actually, it was actually after the NLA plus dodgeball 10,000 tournament uh, or dodgeball nation that it took place 2012, I think, or maybe it was 13, my bad. Uh, there was one tournament where after that, everyone's hung over. We're playing in a beach tournament, um, for fun. Uh, it was random draw. I forgot who was hosting. It was just, just for, for fun. And, um, I was, I was playing with Tim for the first time in like ever. And, um, we were playing and I think it was me actually that made this comment. We were, we were playing against one team. I think we're like winning, but Tim was the last one in and he was just dragging this thing on forever. Just not taking, like he was playing like regular Tim, like we're all shirtless. Some of us are drinking. We're all having a good time, but Tim is just hundred percent dialed in. And, uh, it was either myself or somebody on the other team was like, Hey, come on, Tim, Tim, like this is just, is just for fun, man. Like, why, why are you going so hard? And he is all, and he said, I wasn't born with a half ass. And then that just like, no one questioned that after that. We're like, okay, uh, well, that's that just, Tim, it's that's, nail on the head. If you're going to yeah. say what Tim is like right there. Yeah. Um, after, like I said, we, there's no questions. I was like, you know what? Okay, fine. Tim treats every game, every round, every rep like it's the last and that's probably why he's well partially why he's as good as he is but um i just imagine him uh playing games with his kids <laughs> and just how bad he just smashes them <laughs> just no mercy at all for them. there's no free games around here you better learn boy yep i i, I wouldn't put that past him at all he's probably gonna breed some winners though um yeah. well earlier you had said no sting uh you, you get really creative with it um so in terms of like your style of play and what no sting brings out of you, like what can you go into a little bit more? Like what do you mean by creative? First of all, I mean, endless amounts, like the way you move, the way you dodge, you jump your tendencies, how often you jump or duck, move left or right. Uh, if you want to come to throwing the ball, there's so many different ways you can throw it. I must've had 20 different ways. I threw the ball over the 10 years I've played. Cause there's just so many different ways you can make it move. As long as you take the time and to learn how you can manipulate the way you can make it cut through the air. Gotcha. That you couldn't do with uh 8.5 or, or foam. Um, I can still do it kind of with foam 8.5. No, because I tend, I get good throws by putting spin on my ball, like a right. lot of spin. And I can't, if I try to do that with 8.5, it just floats in the air. And I've done, I've put spin on my throw for so long. I'm pretty sure I just don't know how not to anymore. Gotcha. Yeah, when I think of eight point five, I mean it's it's what I was raised with. It, it, I would describe it as very linear. Like it's 
uh, there, there's some people that could manipulate and curve the crap out of the ball, but most of the time it's it's straight, you know, th- straight shots yeah. at angles, well, that used, kind of stuff. I used to love watching Alan Stott play back in the day, like back on the Headhunters days, because the, he can make that ball move so much. And it was, it was just amazing to watch. And coupled with his athleticism, guys, how big, and he's getting in the air flat and making himself so small, jumping all over the court. It, he was one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah, he's still doing that crap. Um, true, true. He now wins. he looks like he's about to play Bane in the next Batman movie. <laughs> Actually, always just a, he reminded me of um, the guy that's playing Batman now. Um, Robert Pattinson? Yeah. When, when I first saw Ellen, I was like, who's that Twilight-looking guy? Well, that's Ellen Scott. <laughs> I'm like, all right. This is back in like 2010. He was, he was a child. 2009. He was, he was a child back then. But uh, no, he's, he's definitely bulked up. And he, I think his is a question of where we'll probably get right back into to Rise and, and more about Ellen. But um, one thing I wanted to ask, I'm still trying to figure out where to put this question, but I feel like this is kind of relevant. Um, you mentioned some dodgeball role models role models that you had but did you have any role models growing up um sports or anything in general um, um yeah like i said the guy whose number i wear right because i didn't really have too much of a father figure growing up i only had a sister and you know i had no male role models and you know that guy he was like a big brother than me helped me out a lot and then getting older this one's kind of weird but uh lebron james hmm. just the way the criticism he gets, I looked at it. It was like a lot with the personality and reputation I used to have. I got a lot of negative criticism and I just saw the way he didn't let it bother him. And he just carried it around like a chip on his shoulder and it only made him better. And I factored that with one of the ways I was able to work on my reputation, my mentality, the way I conduct myself. And it, it went a long way. It helped me a lot. Nice. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> Well, I don't really follow basketball. I didn't didn't really care too much about LeBron. Um, but and I also thought he was really obnoxious. But then around 2010, he had, he had obnoxious moments. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, but doesn't everybody? And then um, I, I watched this. I think it was a documentary on him in 2010, and I, I got to know him through the the movie. I was like, I actually have a lot of respect for this guy. Like he came from the background that he did, does what he does for the community. Just, okay, so he's a little mouthy, whatever. <laughs> like, okay, that's that's. He's out. He's outspoken. He, yeah, he doesn't just rest on his laurels. Like he fights for what he thinks is thinks is right. Like he was ready to walk out on the playoffs right now when he has a golden opportunity to win his fourth championship. But he was ready to drop it all in a heartbeat just for the uh, the movement going on right now. Yeah. And I mean, if you can't look up to that guy as a role model, <clears throat> I get that. There's things he does on the court, you know, he does tend to flop and complain a lot, but I mean, I don't think there's a better role model out there than looking at what he's been able to do with his life. No. And that's the thing. It's like, like I was saying earlier, okay, so you mouth off a little bit, you're showboating. I mean, who, who isn't doing that kind of stuff or who doesn't have imperfections? Like, yeah, I mean, it's just part of the, not saying it, it, bad sportsmanship's forgivable, but I don't see bad sportsmanship from him. Um, I just see like a regular player doing whatever they can to win. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the worst thing you can say about the guy. Like, sorry for being so good, man. Like good, good on him. Exactly. Um, so I guess we'll, well, actually, before we get into the crowdsource questions, um, I want to ask, do you have a pregame ritual? And this could be like 
morning of night before like like what gets you into the mentality of of playing competitive dodgeball um the night before i try to carb load just get ready for the next day going into the tournament i just try to have headphones on whatever song i'm into that pumps me up just take my time warming up not rush it stretch out pick a spot on the wall try to hit it every single time start off throwing slow and then gradually get harder uh you know just simple things like that i don't have anything special that i do i mean that's that's a ritual to me some people don't have anything some people are just taping or just show up and they're ready to play but uh, it's always good to kind of get into the you know that, that excited feeling of like oh there's a, there's a tournament tomorrow uh, there's a tournament in a couple hours like it's i'm here you get that like you walk through the, the gym and you're just like yes this is where i want oh, yeah, to be that, right now. that definitely happens that's why my pregame rituals the way i get ready for it i try to take everything slow just so i don't get overly excited and too into the moment just keep everything in perspective yeah nice what um what, what music's playing like do you have a, a go-to song or a couple uh, it, it changes a lot but the last couple of tournaments it's this uh mongolian heavy metal band that i randomly discovered on facebook and i don't know man that song just gets you ready for a war that you didn't even know was coming <laughs> it's, it's dope man it's it's a mongolian heavy metal band or that's yeah. what they're called okay they're called the uh, like the who it's the hu i, I think i've heard of that and yeah, the, the the song was all over Facebook for a while. Okay. The first time I heard it, I was just I couldn't help it, dude. I was up like head banging, like, yeah. Oh, don't they have like that super like guttural? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've 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 definitely seen them on Facebook. Yeah, I don't know why, man. That song it just got me amped up every time I heard it. It's a song of the conquerors, I guess. It's supposed to. It's what it's supposed to do. <clears throat> um. Cool. Well, let's uh let's go into the crowdsource questions and i think we were talking about it before i hit record but uh, i definitely want to rehash um, my reactions so when i posted for questions immediately i thought i was going to be smarter than connor and say who hurt you but then shelby just completely blew me out of the water um, and said who hurt lou so too slow man too slow i know and i i, I posted it and then i scroll back up to and then just it was already done so first of all shelby you're very fast thank you but um I guess what we'll do is we'll start with this one. So who hurt, who hurt Connor? Who hurt Connor? Mm -hmm. Or oh, is man. she being sneaky with her play on words and asking who hurt you? In which case I want both answers now. So who hurt, who hurt Connor? First of all, uh, Connor hurts himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect. I'll accept that one. Now in the event Shelby's asking who hurt you, uh, who hurt you, man? Everybody I've ever met. I'm a sensitive guy. Fair enough. <laughs> the world. <laughs> the world hurts me all the time. Yep. It'll, it'll do that. Especially 2020. Um, Markel Stokes. I know this is a question more like a demand. Uh, where's my Kyle Jersey? <laughs> man, I, sorry, I messed up when the last time we did Jersey orders, but next time we have one, Markel, I got you. Oh, okay. So he actually has some traction here, some grounds. Yeah. Nice. Sergio Leone says, I'd also put money up to rep the homie. Uh, Sergio you, is a bro. good guy. He is the ultimate homie, as I've heard him be described as before. Um, speaking of, he says, first off, who hurt you? But he's like, you know, 10 minutes too late uh, in the thread. 
but I did want to say uh, thank you for always being a real one since day one. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, I appreciate that, Sergio. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, okay, so let's let's get into Rise a little bit. I know we, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but this is what I was kind of uh, saving off for. So, Alan Sambostat um, asks, what do you feel are the personal pros and cons of playing with a team like Rise? So, you kind of sp spoke to growth and the professionalism that it, that it brought out of you, but uh, let's go ahead and revisit that. So what, what do you think of the personal pros have been playing with them so far? I would say the pros and cons are the same answer, and that's that they treat this like a professional organization. So hmm. it's great because I fit in perfectly for that with my mentality, the way I approach the game. But it also hurts because you're at this different level where on some teams you can keep making all these little mistakes that hurt the team. And it's not a big deal, but that's a problem for Rise. Uh, if you have a habit of doing the same thing over and over again that's bad, uh, you need to fix it. And me personally, every time I make a mistake, I'm just I'm in my head about it for at least a few seconds. I've done that. I knew better. But, you know, mistakes happen when you play. As long as you're not doing the same stupid thing over and over again, you should be all right. And, yeah, and I mean, there's a little... At least for me personally, the way I look at it is there's a lot of pressure in wearing that jersey. You know, that jersey comes with the culture. It comes with the history. Uh, it, it translates to winning. So you need to hold up your share of what you can do on the court uh, or else you have no problem being or no reason to be there. I'm glad you said that. When you wear the jersey, it it, it comes with the culture, the reputation, uh, the people that preceded you, all the accolades. Um, but in my opinion... Um, because I do remember seeing you in a Rise jersey. I was like, that's a new guy. Like, who's that? He must be really good. And there must be something really special about him for Rise to pick him up. Because Rise doesn't just pick up anybody. Like, they'll... Like, this is going to sound weird, and I hope it connects. But to me, they're like the Patriots. They'll they'll pick up some rando person. Or you'll be like, huh, I don't really understand where they're going with that move. And then that guy will turn around and be a performer for them. So whatever program I they have, they fit anybody into it. Um so, I completely understand what you're saying there. Awesome. It's funny. Me, me and Connor had a, we were shooting one day and we were comparing dodgeball teams to NBA teams. And I compared rise to the San Antonio Spurs. Cause I think it's, it's a direct comparison the way they have a system in place, the culture they have, you know, Tim's basically like he, he sees a game of dodgeball, like coach Popovich sees basketball. Yeah. Um, in season two, shameless plug, I interviewed Tim, um, and he talked about the system a lot. Like, I think if you took anything away, it's adopt a system, get buy-in, and don't stray. If it doesn't work, obviously make some tweaks here or there, but like, if you don't buy into the system, I can't use you is the summation of what he's been saying. And, that's absolutely uh, right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I think that that's so... You know, when I saw you, I mean, I think I've seen you, like I said, on the court before. It might have been Sin City. It might have been one of these rounds. Could have been Nationals. It's like, okay, he's there for a reason. So, obviously, don't throw out this guy. Don't take him lightly if we, if we ever face each other. And that's exactly the mentality I'll have with anybody that puts on a Rise jersey um, for that reason. Like, so, the the fact that you're on that team, it definitely puts you in a, in a different light, um, I would think, anyway. Yeah, and going off, like, the more of the system thing, like, I actually struggled a bit when I first joined the team, because I obviously have the way I like to play in my head. 
what I would do in different situations. But I remember when I first joined, we had a meeting and Tim's like, this is what I want to see from you. This is what I don't want to see from you. And parts of it conflicted with how I would play in situations. Cause I typically do whatever in my head, I say, I need to do what the team needs right now. So if we're down on bodies, it's like, oh, I need to get a catch. If we're up, it's okay. I need to stay in, get kills and close this thing out little by little, one person at a time. But there were so moments in the first couple tournaments I played with them where I'm in my head so much like this guy, I know, I know this guy's throwing, I know he throws straight and at the chest, I should square up and catch this. But then in my head, I'm like, well, they don't want me to sit here and try to catch. They want me to stay alive. So what do I do? And I would end up like, there was a perfect moment when we played heat in Vegas around three. And I was so in my head on that, that Connor threw it at me and I just mind myself and I just stood sideways and just got lit up. I looked so stupid. And then, uh, it wasn't until probably the San Diego Classic where I finally just said, dude, screw it. Just do you. Like, you know what you can get away with to a point where you're going to piss off the team or be productive and you know what you can't do. So just do you and stop worrying about playing perfect. Because worrying about playing perfect is just going to make <clears throat> you play like trash. Nice. Yeah, and like you said earlier, like you can just don't make the same mistake over and over again. That's when they start to get upset right that's when they start thinking okay maybe, yeah. maybe it's not gonna work out if after there, all if something i can say about the team is as far as i know like tim doesn't just wake up one day and goes you know what this player isn't working i'm just gonna cut him like it's it's a for you to get booted off rise like it has to be a build-up you know because if you're making a mistake that's costing the team obviously serge and tim are going to confront you about it and they're not going to come up screaming at you but they're going to say hey you know you did this and this happened after and we ended up losing the match. So I need you to think about that next time and not do it. But so it's on you to keep your spot. If you keep doing that same mistake over and over again, that's when they go, you know, it's they, like I said, they treat it like a professional team and a professional team isn't going to keep a player who isn't going to fix issues. That's costing the team games. Yeah. It sounds like they're pretty fair. I mean, if they tell you what's wrong, they give an opportunity to learn from it and you choose not to learn, then that's just, it's a choice at that point. It's, uh, yeah, it's how bad you want it. Yeah. It's the, um, the tried and true, um, skill versus will kind of thing. Like, okay, if there's somebody that's just not doing what they're supposed to, are they only doing this? Cause if we give them the training, if we gave them the guidance, make sure they're very clear on it, but they're still doing it, then they're deliberately just not improving. So they got to go. And that's, that's awesome. I feel like that's very fair, but it's also very professional. And I mean, what else could you expect? Um, from, from a team like rise. So that's, it's exactly what I would do if I was running a team. <clears throat> yeah. No, there's, you got to have a team mentality. This is a team sport. You can't be selfish. You got to be able to be brutally honest with yourself and know if you're doing something stupid. Yep. Keep it brutal. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I don't know if that kind of covered Alan's second question of uh, what are some of the biggest lessons you learned since playing with them? Um, I think it was just more like get out of your head. Do you, um, if it doesn't work, they'll let you know, make the improvements. Um, yeah. So I've also learned uh, surprisingly a, a lot of patience. There rises a very patient team when they need to be. What I mean by that is there's times where, okay, okay their corner just got rid of his ball. I should rush him and take him out. That's what's built into my head because I've played corner 90% of my career playing. But, you know, they're like, no, you don't necessarily have to do that. 
like we can get them out later. There's more important things we can do in the moment than that. And that took me a while to figure out and learn as well as other situations kind of like that. And then just the play calls that Tim comes up with the way he can just completely break down the other team with, all right, this guy's here, that guy's there. They got a ball here, ball there. So, and just come up with the perfect play for the most part within a few seconds. Nice. And, and then again, uh, one other thing is just situations where I should have stayed in the game where, you know, if we're in like a three V two, if I see an opportunity to trade off with someone, I'm going to do it because I'm leaving my team in a two V one. So we should mop that up, but I had to learn that's not always the best play for different reasons. And it's just little things like that, just being just smarter, thinking more deeply into the game. Yeah, I think that just comes to the territory of field experience. Um, like we're talking about, make the mistake, learn from it, don't do it again, adapt, adjust, etc. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, that's um, again, just it, it just goes back to professionalism because there's still teams that will, uh, and I'm not calling anybody out by any means, but there's still teams out there that will um, show up, play. Some were hungover. Some didn't take the pre-ritual a ritual of getting ready seriously. Some practice, some don't, but the further you get from those teams, to the ones that are performing, I mean, they, they've got stuff in place that is professional. And that's, I mean, I know that the term professional dodgeball player is, is a, is a taboo thing to think of and talk about, but at least in terms of like attitude and mentality, um, rises is, is definitely one of them. And it's, uh, we're still seeing the results, um, years after they've, they've debuted, but, um, Alan also did say we'll miss being your teammate. Um, I'm going to miss him too. I like Alan. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm assuming that's uh, mutual. Um, yeah. Let's see. Especially seeing him now. It's like, uh, I don't want to play against you now. Oh, man, he cannot <laughs> wait to play against you guys. That That is Oh, I know. We're be waiting exciting. for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, all the things that's, this year robbed That's going to be an interesting game. Uh, for sure. Um, I hope we get to see it. Um, yeah. Sergio says, uh, actually, so this was a question. What is your favorite memory of playing against uh, you and him? Let me see that. Why is it that comeback play you pulled off? Okay. Yeah, so. I know which play he's talking about. Awesome. It was uh, one of the one of the NLA tournaments. Um, it's actually when I first started playing with Connor and his brother. And we were playing Sergio's team, and he had my friend Brian that I mentioned earlier on his team. And I think it was an elimination game. If we lost, we were out of the tournament, and we were down like two to four players and I had Sergio and Brian line up in front of me to throw it at me. And I counter through a uh, sidestep dodge Brian's ball. And then my ball went off Sergio and bounced in the Brian and gave us, you know, basically an easy two V one win. Nice. Oh, Sergio. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you're still salty about that one, Sergio. You can let it go now. It was like six years ago. Nah. I'll ask him about it when I when I get a chance offline. Just have him rehash the whole thing, detail oh, by yeah. detail. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you Dominic, can talk about it as much as you want, buddy. Yep. It's got to be on footage somewhere, I'm sure. So break it down for me, Sergio. What happened? What were you thinking? But um, so I I, I kind of say this was, one. Uh, Dominic, what was it? Borgia. Borgia. Yeah, he was on that team with us. Oh, nice. And man, he, he was so fun to play with to get him all hyped up because he's like this super nice you know, respect, uh, respectable guy. And I would just get in his ear, like Dominic, 
those guys across the court, they're trash. They got nothing on you. They throw like my grandma. You're going to catch every single one of them. And every time he would get a catch, he would start jumping up and down and puffing his chest out. And I don't think I've ever laughed so much in nice. having that guy on my team. Yeah, Dom is awesome. Um, God, I'd love to see that. I want to see hype Dom. Oh, he got hyped. Uh, there's a video somewhere. I just have to fish it up again where he gets a catch and just goes nuts. I got to see it. Yeah, if you find it, man, put it on the thread when we drop this episode. Um, I got to see Red Dom. Um, but ironically, so he has the next question. This is kind of why I was waiting. Um, cause I did want to ask about elite. So he said, um, why did it take so long for you to come to elite? Um, and that was no sting, right? You're just waiting for no sting or were there other reasons? Uh, there were other reasons. Um, early on, of course I would have preferred to play no sting over 8.5, but I saw all the biggest tournaments were 8.5. So being as competitive I was at first, I wanted to transition into that. So I forget which, how long ago it was, but Mark Acom hit me up like a day or two before the tournament and said, hey, this team had a player drop out. Do you want to fill in? And I said, yeah, screw it. I'll go play. And it was uh, Joe Fernandez's team from Arizona. I think they were called Los Banditos. Oh, yes. Los yeah. Banditos. <laughs> yep. Yeah, nice so I said, screw it. I played it. <clears throat> Obviously, I played like trash. I barely did anything, but for some reason, uh, Eric Jones is on that team and I don't know why, but he saw something in me and he always looked out for me and said, like, you always, you deserve to be an elite the whole time. I don't know why it took you so long. And I'm like, you saw the way I played that day. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you saw, but now nah, I worked out to this day. He's, he's a homie. Like anytime I see him, it's all hugs. But anyways, after that, I was trying to get in, I was talking to I think it was Eric Tillman's about trying to join Gridlock. Um, there was talks about playing with Arsenal, but at the end of the day, none of them worked out. And I was playing random 8.5 leagues to get the more of the feel of it so I don't look like such a rookie when I show up to tournaments. But I don't know. I think eventually I just got over it. Like, I just didn't like the game. It's so much different from the game I fell in love with that I just didn't feel like pursuing it anymore. That's fair. I mean, if you don't have a home, it kind of deprioritizes it a little bit. Yeah. Had I got on, you know, a decent team back then, maybe the story would be different, but, you know, we are where we are now. Yep. Real quick about Eric Jones. Uh, who? What was that? Who? Eric Jones. There you go. Yep. That's an inside joke. I've known Eric since 2004 six and i don't know if he still does this i know that if i do it if i say who he'll be like eric jones it's just like a old old tale throwback uh he was my roommate for a while to introduce me oh, to, nice. introduce me to the finer things in life such as beer pong uh coors light <laughs> and uh trash talking from my balcony oh god coors light yeah Jesus. yeah i was hey, the, the guy can trash talk like no one i've ever seen man he does he just didn't stop. He, we would literally be sitting outside our patio and he'd be trash talking people. And the, the game that he played was talking of trash to get him to come up, offer them a beer and then boom, new friend. And I made so many friends because of that guy, because of that. That sounds like Eric Jones in a nutshell right there. Yeah. That's, that's the Eric Jones, uh, experience. Um, funny. I was watching a, a Joe Rogan experience episode and he had this comedian on and he got his start because he would show up to comedy clubs and heckle the comedians so bad that they would just want to quit. 
Like, that's what he did. And everyone looked forward to him being there so he can heckle the comedians. And I'm like, you know, Eric Jones, that looks like that was laid out perfectly for you. You can do the same exact thing. Yeah. Freaking Eric, man. Um, My favorite is when he goes on Connor. That's hilarious. Who, uh, real quick, who's that comedian? Just curious. I might, I might pull that one up. I, I need me a good Rogan episode. I... I forget his name, but he played Ashy Larry in the Chappelle show. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to do some YouTube, YouTube in. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Checking the comments. So, um, I'll just read some of the thread that was on Dominic's. Um, so Alan said 8.5, of course, but you said you're not wrong, but also you kind of, uh, pointed to just the fact that you really have a team. Um, and Nick just wanted to let people know that you've actually been part of the first few videos that we put out. So just wanted to, uh, yeah, that was that lost banditos team. Yep. So, uh, I know Nick speaking of Nick, he, he said, talk about NLA for a little bit. Um, he just put no longer around. So, I mean, we did talk about them earlier, uh, organization did a lot of tournaments, uh, a lot of sports. They don't do dodgeball anymore, but, um, is there anything that we might have missed or that would be worthy of mentioning? Um, no, NLA means a lot to me. It's, you know, it's where I got my start. It, I'm still pretty close with the guy who ran the league, Saw Dale. Still talk to him here and there. He's a really good dude. Did a lot for me. Yeah, Saw's uh, awesome. He uh, he gave me 20 Mikasa 8.5 dodgeballs. Gave them to me. Like, I, I don't, like oh. Yeah, I don't even remember how it happened. I think I offered to buy them. He's like, no, just take them, man take them and, and so like it was me and like the rest of team evil and some of the other tucson kids uh just loading my car full of dodgeballs like we got away with murder and uh <laughs> yeah uh, every every experience i've had with saw has been been great um yeah he's great man like and he like i said with the way i used to be my personality and demeanor like he always put up with me let me get away with a lot yeah is he is he still part of nla or waka right or i mean I know he's, we're Facebook friends. I see him sometimes, but uh, he doesn't play dodgeball anymore, right? I don't think so. I don't think he really messes with dodgeball at all anymore. Gotcha. I know, I know Waka's where he made his money, mostly. Gotcha. Well, Saw, if you're listening on the off chance, thanks, man. Haven't forgotten. Never will forget. Um, I was I was floored. I was like, man, I love LA. These guys are so nice. Uh, we're coming back. But um, yeah, It used to be a lot of fun, and then it just died out. I mean, met a lot of good people through it, like Nick. You know, Nick, Nick was one of my fun, um, favorite teammates to have because he was just coming in and no one knew who he was. But he's this little ball of energy that can just light you up. And so whenever my team needed a replacement, I was like, oh, I have this guy in mind. I'm just going to sneak him on in. And yep. they would be like, I don't know who that is, so you can have him. And then he fools. <laughs> ball out there. Yeah, Nick is great. Um, a ball of energy is, is a really good way to describe him. Just flopping around and yeah, he's, he's like an armadillo. That's you never know one. what that guy's gonna do when you throw it at him. Nope. Just so he doesn't catch it. That's about it. Man, the amount of times he's fallen backwards and I've hit his chest and the ball just bounces straight up and lands in his hands made me want to quit the game. Just <laughs> like I hate this game. It, it's gotta happen <laughs> at least one time every time I play against him. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, hopefully you can help me out with this one. Markel Stokes, uh, asks how bad you miss Carson. Oh man, a lot. I think Connor touched on this too. It was, it was a really fun league because for a social league, oh, okay. It's a league. It was, 
very competitive. You know, you usually had at least like four teams that could win it. There's walls on each side, so it's really fast paced. You don't have like nets or balls bouncing off to the side, slowing the game down. It's bang, bang, bang. And it's actually a very bittersweet league for me because for some reason it was one of the only leagues that I, it took me the longest to actually win a season. Mm. I'd always get so close, but come up short every single time, which is why when we finally won and it, uh, it was so sweet. Nice. But I also have one of the worst experiences of my career in that league. Do you want to get into that? Uh, sure. It was, it's one of those plays where it could have been the most amazing thing I've ever done, but it turned into the worst where, uh, we're in the finals. We're up two games with like three minutes left. I'm in a one V like 10, like literally almost their whole team. And remember they threw it at me. I dodged like two or three and then their best thrower chucked it at me while I'm on the ground, I caught him. And then the rest of the team, I whittled down with counter throws until it was finally a one V one versus this one girl who had never played before and didn't know what she was doing. And then, my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to drain the clock out because there's no way she's getting me out. I can just sit at the back corner all day till the game ends. But for some reason, I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to throw. And I threw it at her, and I don't remember what happened, but I know it hit the ball she had in her hands, and then she dropped it, and my ball bounced up perfectly, and she bobbled it and caught it. Where in my mind, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was she was out because it hit her ball and it hit the ground, but you know, refs made their call, called it a catch lost and i was extremely upset with myself that's frustrating yeah because i was just trying to drain time off the clock you know i thought all right there's not that much time left we're up two games as long as i can drain some time off we should be able to stall the next game and win this thing but all of a sudden i turn a 1v10 into a 1v1 and fumbled it well and then of course of course they beat us the next game went in the overtime beat us in overtime Yeah, very painful. Yeah, it, well, it goes to, it goes back to that, you know, obviously older, more mature, playing with Rise, the patience factor, like you don't have to take that shot. And they just... Oh, I, can, I can't imagine if Tim was on the sideline for that game. I oh, would have would... a new one. <laughs> He'd be having a good night. Uh, he would have thrown me in the dumpster after that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so we got a couple more. Um Markel says, not a question, but a statement. Just want to say thank you for always looking out for me on and off the courts. You are awesome. And it's an honor to call you one of my good friends. Thank you. Uh, nice, Markel. Uh, of course, Markel. Man, that guy needs a little more shout out sometimes because he loves this game so much. Yeah. I've never seen anyone with more energy in my life. And uh, he, he puts his heart and soul in this game. And I love that kid. The uh, the one bad thing I have to say about him is he's an Eagles fan. Other than that, uh, great great guy. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of a Patriots fan because I like Gronk and Tom Brady, but I can't really talk crap since they beat us in the Super Bowl when we played them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to. I bet he's laughing right now. Stop laughing, Mark Hill. <laughs> yeah, great guy. Um, but that is like the only fan base that literally burnt down their own city when they won <laughs> when they lost when they won i feel like that city was gonna burn anyway it was just whatever the reason they, they just needed the spark man yep. apparently your team winning a the super bowl was that spark yep it would have burned if they lost burn if they won it, it was that city's just gonna burn you know if they had a smart mayor he would have evacuated the city beforehand uh philadelphia um 
David O'Brien asks, uh, what is your favorite post-dodgeball bar? Markel said the Carson bar. David, I think, correct him saying Keegan's. Uh, apparently, that's what Markel meant, but uh, what, what's the favorite post-dodgeball bar? Uh, Keegan's was dope, man. But nice I'd Keegan's. have to go with uh, when I first started playing NLA, the bar we went to, simply because the guy who owned it also played in the league. Hmm. He actually played on Justin Pine's team. And, you know, give Pine free bar tabs oh nice <laughs> yeah um but yeah dude that bar was always lit everybody went out there was beer pong there was pool there was darts there's karaoke and that's the first time i actually went up and did m&m for karaoke because azalea donche convinced me to do it <laughs> what song did you do uh love the way you lie huh. i gotta say that was lit because like Everybody by the stage was into it, and I was like, "Man, I feel like Eminem right now." And then there's actually a video of it online, and every time I go back and watch it, I cringe because I'm just like, "You're like, oh god, alcohol." Yeah. <laughs> it was well, it's funny because I thought I was gonna butcher it, but I ended up doing really well. Everyone told me I did really well. Nice. But I've done it a lot since, and I feel like I've gotten better at it. So now when I go back and look, I'm just like, "Ugh." Ugh. Uh, do you do you like to sing? Like, is that a thing with you? Or um, well, I can't sing for. You know, I can rap some songs. Oh, gotcha. I have a good time going up doing that. That's cool. I would not be caught dead doing that <laughs> ever. But uh, yeah, you'll never see me up there singing either. Yeah. Or I mean, or rapping. I would just I would avoid. I avoid uh, mass gatherings as much as possible. But yeah, uh, I'm usually like that myself. I'm pretty big introvert. Gotcha. Yeah, I think dodgeball has done wonders for my introversion. Uh, it's allowed me to be around people and not freak out. But uh, same here, actually. Yeah, rapping. No. Um, but other than that, yeah. You know, also, get a couple beers of me, and then I will be the most social person that ever lived. But uh, it's crazy how huh? like dodgeball has all these like just other benefits. Like, okay, yeah, you get to play in a sport. Um, you get some exercise, but you meet friends that you'll have hopefully for life. Um, you learn a lot about yourself. You do a lot of growth developments. Um, I just, I describe it as the gift that just keeps on giving and I have yet to be, uh, proven wrong about that. So, oh, I owe so many things to dodgeball to the friends I have close to me in my life, to my girlfriend, uh, just the fact going out there playing and how much of a stress reliever it is just to get out there, play, light somebody up, you know? You have a bad day at work. You're like, I'm going to hold on to this. I'm not going to sit here and complain. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to it until I see someone I don't like on the other team. And I'm going to put all these frustrations on them. Someone else is going to pay for this mistake or this transaction. Exactly. And then it happens. You're like, I'm all good now. I can go home, have a glass of whiskey, go to bed. I'm fine. Nice. I just picture you sleeping like big smile on your face. Like oh, all is well. Oh yeah. Especially if it's someone I really don't like. Oh, I light them up and I sleep like a baby. Nice. So somebody gets lit up, then like, oh man, I think uh, Cal doesn't like me. Or does... oh no, no, I, I'm all about equal opportunity. I was just anybody, gonna say, <laughs> anyone can get it. Anyone gets it, nice. Yeah, um, I show up the leagues for two reasons: light people up and chew bubble gum. I never have any bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even bother taking gum, like, nah. I don't even bother <laughs> packing it. Yeah, I put that in there just to be nice. Nice. Uh, let's see. Um, so we're going to go into like the, the remaining few questions, uh, some tough ones. I, I try to give you a little bit of a heads up. Um, so let's see. 
what um i guess we'll start with the first one and that is uh what is your career goal like what do you want to accomplish in dodgeball what do you want to achieve well i mean obviously i'd like to get a few more wins i only have the one so far from when i played with heat wouldn't mind a couple more of those um winning nationals would be very sweet but i think the ultimate goal that would make me feel the most content with my career is if i can have a hand with getting rise back into the winning culture that it's known for if that happens and i can retire happy nice that almost echoes uh what alan was saying two years ago two and a half years ago it was like my yeah, goal if you you have to buy into the culture once you buy into the culture it's then that's all you want well you want it for the team you don't want it for yourself and that's that's huge yeah i mean it's such a historic name like i said earlier when you put on that jersey there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that and if you can have a hand in getting it back on track i mean i can't think of something else that would make you feel better about your time playing yeah no that's uh it speaks to legacy. And like I said, you know, there's a lot of people that wore that Jersey before you that are big names and it's, it's got a history. I mean, that's pretty valid. It's not just, it's not just some random team you join. There's a lot that comes with it. Exactly. So we talked about uh, a career low. Uh, what about a high? What's, it doesn't have to be the only one, but like what's, what's your dodgeball career highlight that you can think of or that comes to mind? Uh, that's what I put some thought into and, I'm going to have to go with when I won with Heat round two for so many different reasons. You know, I talked to you about my past. Winning that gave me some redemption, some validation. You know, I've always gotten some hate, like, oh, I'm not that good. So the fact that Tyler trusted me not only enough to just ask me to play with them and fill in, but to also play corner, which I don't have to explain how huge of responsibility that is, especially in co-ed. Um, you know, our come back against dope and what was it like the semifinals we were down three one we came back and won i remember that moment when we were down three one we all kind of looked at each other like are you giving up like no i'm not giving up are you no we got this we can still do it nice and lo and behold man just big play after big play we ended up winning that and yeah i'd say a close second was when i had a one-handed catch against nate at the ndi tournament nate uh crater yeah, that's kind of a joke. But I just, oh, okay. I had to throw it out there because that was a big moment. Like, come on, caught Nate with one hand. I still think that's pretty cool. Any any one handed catch is I, awesome. I mean, it, it was luckier than Kawhi Leonard's shot against the 76ers last season, but I'm still taking credit for it. As you should. <laughs> uh, let's see. What is your uh, favorite dodgeball memory to date? Uh, got to go with the FIBA Dodge Vegas tournaments. You know, the first one as you know, Connor talked about when he was on, I went to jail, got released, took a taxi straight to the gym. They had my suitcase there, just changed into my clothes, played. We ended up winning. And it, just all the memories together as a team, like we had a really big room where a lot of us were staying in. So I remember we woke up the next morning and I was just like, Everyone was still kind of quiet. No, like everyone was awake, but they weren't saying anything yet. Right. So I just woke up and went, ah, so much more comfortable than a jail cell. <laughs> just everybody just like, you know, just making a joke off it. The hashtag free Kyle, him having my inmate number written on his cast. Like it was just everything, all the jokes. 
it was just such a fun time. And then when we went to the second one, that actually fell on my birthday. And that was just an all around amazing time. I remember because it was a two day tournament Saturday night. I got so drunk because of those slushies. Oh God. Those are bad. Yeah. I, I was handling myself well, but then I got a hold of one of them slushies and I just bad idea. I actually have a picture framed of our team photo the next day where I was so hungover, I stumbled into the gym and they're like, Hey, we got to go on stage and take pictures. And I'm just sitting there like, nah, I don't want to. Uh -uh. And they forced me over there and I have to climb on top of the stage. And I literally just rolled onto it and laid on my back and my friend Rob literally grabbed my hands and dragged me. So the team picture is everyone standing there and I'm just laying on the ground. Like I'm passed out in front of them. <laughs> you might as well be. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Those, oh, those drinks are bad news. Uh, yeah. I'm never drinking that shit again in my life. Yeah. I, I didn't even finish mine. I was, I got about a quarter in. I was like, I don't, I don't, uh, my body doesn't like what's happening right now. It's not worth it. Uh, see, I'm too stubborn. I'm like, I'm going to be fine. I'm good. I'm not bad yet. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like fat face down on the ground. Yeah. No, it, that was one of the drinks that finally made me question. Like I, I can stop and I will, I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's, it just, yeah. this does not feel right. Um, and I, I used to, I don't want to get too much into myself, but I used to handle four locos like nobody's business. So Oof. that should say a lot. I was like, no, I'm glad I never got into those. Yeah. Those are bad news. Nowadays I'm good. Just give me a glass of whiskey. I'm fine. I'm chilling. I know how to judge how much when I've had too much. Yep. Comes with age. Might have a little something, something right now while we're doing this. I figured it was like, there's, I feel like there's whiskey there or something. Um, yeah, Chris Banquet for me. I'm on a Cobra Kai kick, but um, hmm. let's see. So this one's kind of a, I won't say a dark one, but what does life look like after dodgeball? Have you given some thought into that? I mean, hopefully you got plenty of years ahead of you, but just curious like what people think, if they think, you know, what happens when you can't play anymore? Uh, that's something I have thought about because uh, there was a tournament in January. It was a two-day tournament, and... The first day was no sting. The second day was foam. We won the no sting day and I felt fine. But then the next day I woke up and my knee was just destroyed. Mm. Like I couldn't bend it. I couldn't crouch down. I don't know what I did, but it felt like it was about to blow up. And I still went and played the next day. I told um, Tim and Jim was on the team. I told them what was going on. They said, Hey, I don't know how much you can expect out of me today, but uh, ended up getting through that. We played NDI. Totally shocked we won that one, by the way. The no sting for part of it. Nice. I know that's something we haven't gotten in on that I, I was expecting too, was the merger of Rise and Rainbows. But yeah, no, that whole tournament, my knee was just screwed. I could barely like move the way I normally did. And I literally thought, like, dude, any play, my knee can just blow up oh. and I'm going to be out, probably done playing because it's so hard to come back from an injury like that. And the funny part, or not, I can't say funny, but the ironic thing is one team we were playing, some guy did blow up his knee. He did something weird. He landed, he was on the ground, clutching his knee in a lot of pain. And I just sat there and thought like, what am I doing right now? Like that could very easily be me at the moment. Yeah. You're not that far from it at that time. Yeah. So it's, I have thought like literally any injury that could happen can put me out and be very hard to get back into the level that I've worked myself up to. But, you know, I found hobby after hobby throughout my life. And 
if it's time to hang up the knee pads and the bronze, then I'll find something to keep me active and keep my mind trained on something. I would like to think, start having a family. I would love it if I can have some athletic children. I would love to be like a coach of their team or, you know, just be out there rooting for them. But yeah, just hopefully my kids are athletic. Yeah. If they're not, that's fine. But I'm, 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 I've been an athlete my whole life that I just, I need to be out there rooting for my kids once I have some. There's gotta be like some sport involvement at, at some capacity. Yeah. Even if it's soccer, like I don't really care about soccer, but if they wanted to play soccer, I'd be out there rooting for them all day. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, I don't, I don't mean for this part of the conversation to go dark, but it's just one of those things I just think about. It also gives me ideas too. Like what would I do if I can't play anymore? Cause I've been around for a long time and I hear you on that injury. Like there's some things you just probably shouldn't walk, walk, come back from. Um, it definitely changes, uh, what you're capable of doing, especially as we, as we age, but, um, kind of like your mentality of like, I'll find something like you, you have to fill that void somehow. Yeah. And I always have, um, but yeah, and I, you know, I'm very stubborn. Like I've played through so many injuries where I probably shouldn't have, <laughs> like I had a tournament where in the, the first few games I pulled a muscle in my back and I still finished out the tournament, even though I hurt like, anytime I moved any which way. It's That's just, cool. I'm, I'm just stubborn like that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about like, you know, okay, maybe I shouldn't drink this alcoholic beverage. Um, there comes a point where like, okay, maybe I shouldn't play through this right now. I, I need to see the bigger picture. That's hard with dodgeball. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me see here. Scrolling down. All right, so with this question, um, this is totally your, your opinion. Um, from your perspective, what's one thing you would like to change about the dodgeball scene? Um, let's pretend COVID's not a thing and everything's normal. If you could change one thing, what would it be? Oh, I actually have a lot of thoughts on that. Oh, nice. Um, first off, better refing system. Uh, the amount of times that you see people refing big games in Elite and they're showing zero interest. Like there's times where refs are on their phone. And I forget who it was, but I remember, I think it was one of the, the rainbows guys where they, the ref was about to, the head ref was about to start the game. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That ref's on their phone. Can we fix that? <laughs> and I totally wouldn't mind putting in a little extra for your registration just to have paid professional refs, you know, maybe ex players, people who do play um, that just know the game and, you know, pay them. Cause you're not, you get what you pay for. If you're not really giving them anything to ref the game, you're not. You can't expect them to care too much and have integrity in what they're doing. And the refs can, just like any sport, very easily make or break the game. I've seen it tons of times. Yeah. Uh, another one on top of that. Uh, I don't know how much more they can improve this, but a better court setup. I don't. I can't tell you how frustrating it is when your team's going. You have some momentum going, but balls keep bouncing away, and you have to keep waiting for the balls to come back. And it's basically free timeouts. So if there's some way we can have it set up to where the balls aren't constantly bouncing far away from the court, keep the game flowing. I think that's really huge. Um, 
So the rough thing. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, no, what was that? No, I was gonna say, I, like the rough thing. I totally understand. I, I feel like even some people that have criticized it are at least willing to put up more money as part of the registration to make it better. Like that's, it, it kind of sucks when you are are refing because you can't be with your team. You can't have that. And you would know this being with Rise. Like you guys stick together for a reason. You guys need to, you know, think about what worked, what didn't work, make some make some changes. But there's a lot to be said about a team that can stay together throughout the whole thing versus okay you know here's our courts we're going to be i gotta go ref change my mentality change my mindset a little bit um get into a different zone um so i totally yeah. feel you on that one yeah exactly like you need to be able to be with your team in between matches not on the court refing but i understand the need for it so i don't i'm not trying to make that such a huge issue but i do feel like there's a lot of room for room for improvement right even if we had some type of camera set up for elimination games, we have like an instant replay, which I know that's a lot to ask for, but it would be huge because like I said, the refing makes or breaks games. Yeah. I like, uh, I don't want to stir up any, any controversy, but I think if you have the, the capability to do instant replay, you should totally use it. Like that's, as a ref, like I, there's been calls where I'm like, man, I really hope I made the right choice. And if I had the opportunity to verify it with, uh, with instant replay, I would absolutely take that. It would make me sleep better at night. I'd be like, yes, that was the right call. Oh, yeah. And there, there's so many adaptations we can use from that because if there's people who are like constant cheaters and you get caught on instant replay blatantly cheating, there, oh, you know, yeah. we can have like a punishment set up for that. Yep. You know, things like that just to help. It would improve the game all around, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, another big thing that I've had a thought on in the past is I don't understand why, like, certain all-star players who, you know, say they play in the North or the East and they come join a random team in the West that's maybe, like, usually a 6-7 seed, but because they were allowed to pick up this all-star player for this round, he allowed them to move up a few spots and that completely throws off the scoring for the season. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand why that's allowed or why people want to do it. It's, it's, it's kind of annoying in my opinion. And then also when you have, I mean, we could talk about that fiasco that happened in round three at Vegas where a team from another whole team from another region came in, ended up being against the finals and it just made the whole finals meaningless. Like stuff like that, I feel like shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, because it takes it takes away from the 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 structure of the game of the season. It just completely undermines it. Well, it's tough because like you want to let everyone play because dodgeball, especially good competitive dodgeball, is such limited supply. But at the same time, at some point, you gotta be like, no, you belong in this region. Roster locked. It's done. Do we want to be professional dodgeball or do you want to have this quasi wreck? mentality where you can swap around however you want and points be danged, you know? Um, so I totally feel exactly. like that one too. Like that's, that's actually a gripe of mine too. It's like, all right, well at some point we got to knock this crap off. Um, you're, you're stuck with the region you're in or with the team that you committed to. And that's that, um, I'm all about, you know, making changes, trying to improve yourself, but do that in the off season and, and quit trying to, um, undermine whether you're doing it intentionally or not quit contributing to the undermining of the actual circuit that you know usa dodgeball and elite work so hard to to build because i agree it, it once that happens you get in that situation like well this whole thing is moot now like what's the point point? and i even think like that 
I was watching that finals and it was disappointing. Like I'm not saying people got to dance for me for my entertainment, but like you want the finals to be a good battle. And I, I think I remember because it was a consequential, both teams weren't even playing that hard. Um, and that was annoying too. It's like, wow, that's, that's, this is, this is fantastic. Um, boo. Exactly. You just nailed my point on the head right there. Yep. You know, when the, when the game is performed on a stage for the public eye, like take it more seriously, please. Uh, and what I mean is like, I, I understand if it's a drink up, get drunk, have fun, screw around type of tournament. But if it's a tournament like WDS does, um, do you know what the fit expos are? Uh, I only know what they are from pictures. I don't know what like. Yeah, there's, there's these it, big yeah. things at the An the Anaheim and the LA Convention Center, which is all about like fitness. It gets a ton of people in it. Right. And we have tournaments there, and it's it's supposed to showcase dodgeball and show that it's an actual sport. It's not some thing you played in grade school where you just screw around. Like it's it, legitimate sport, and like people show up in like costumes and don't take it seriously and it, it rubs me the wrong way because what's the most annoying thing when you tell someone you play dodgeball oh just like the movie haha ha. exactly dodge ranch yeah and so when this when our sports shown on a grand stage like this and people are walking around wearing costumes what do people think oh look it really is just like the movie ah uh, yeah and it, it just it really frustrates me because i hate hearing that anytime i tell someone i play dodgeball and they like the movie it's like, no, how about you come on the court against me and I'll show you what it's like. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, because like you said, everyone that plays dodgeball, like 99% of us hate that. And when we have an opportunity to showcase ourselves, we're not doing ourselves any favors by showing around and showing up in costume. Like we're, we're literally contributing to the problem that we want to fix. Yeah. That's, that's you, know, you know, what's hilarious too is like, for like Christmas or my birthday or stuff, my girlfriend's mom will get me shirts that say like the five D's is dodgeball. And then I have to pretend that, oh yeah, this is great. But in my head, I'm rolling my eyes so hard. It's like, I hate you right now. <laughs> like you're my family member. <laughs> my, uh... I have, it's so hard for me to just grit my teeth and be like, oh yeah. yeah, I love this. I have an aunt, my godmother, my own godmother asked how soccer was going. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I've been playing this shit for like, sorry, I'm cussing my own thing. I, I've been playing Ooh, this for. I got you to cuss too. Yeah, no, this is how heated I get. Like, I've been playing this sport for 16 years, and you, like, I understand volleyball because at least there's ball in it, but soccer, the freak do you get soccer from? And, uh. Did you ever play soccer? No. I, I, that's the one <laughs> sport I just cannot play at all. And, um, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> That'd be, yeah, um, I, I got a little, thank was, you for loving me yeah uh, thanks uh elda but uh to, the funniest thing is um my grandpa who's like i think he's like 92 93 he's like it's soccer or it's dodgeball it's not soccer and i was like oh my god the first time you ever got it right was correcting her um so it was like a series of emotions but i was like really soccer like of all things. Of all soccer. things. And I, I don't even fight. I'm like, oh, it's going great. You know, soccer's awesome. Uh, volleyball is fantastic. You know, I'm like six feet of five. I kill everybody. I'm so good. Um, let's just keep adding to this lie. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's obnoxious. But um, at the that same time. That reminds me, like my my girlfriend's grandparents found out that I played dodgeball and they want to come out to a game so bad. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Like, how, how does it work? How does it go? Like, I, I need to see it. They, they do. They need to see, like, an elite, well, I guess, uh, premier uh, finals. Because I, I would have, um, when I did Tucson Dodgeball, we, we'd bring up uh, a couple of teams from uh, from Tucson to Phoenix, Grand Canyon State Games, and, and some of the family members would watch, and they would love it. They'd be like, I had no idea it was this intense, or I had no idea that there was this much strategy involved. And this is back yeah. in, like, 2000 like 10 11 12 like imagine now like it's just it's wild and for anybody that's listening that has a chance to showcase dodgeball please don't show up in a costume like if you want this to take off like that kind of stuff has to stop but exactly yeah it's okay. funny what you were just saying reminded me of something when i i used to work at costco and i had this manager that was such a <laughs> sorry i told you f bombs to slip but <laughs> yeah, he was su- such a tool like I, I hated this guy and then uh, I used uh, I worked with someone who also played dodgeball, and we were talking about it in the office at work. And he walked by and overheard. He's like, "Dodgeball? You play dodgeball?" I said, "Man, I reckon I could take you." And I, I was just like, "Please let me get this guy on the court." So I fainted it, uh, fainted out. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm okay. Why don't you come out to an open gym and uh, check it out, and see if you can? But I guess my eyes got a little too big, and I started like getting a little too happy because he just went, "Nah, I'm good," and I went. <laughs> like almost had loved, him. Almost had him. I would have loved to get the guy on the court. Oh man, yeah, you got too excited. You, know, you just saw widen him up. And uh, like, mm. I think I started shaking or something. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, no, this guy, this guy is too good. I'm, I'm gonna get killed. He probably had that fear. Yeah, but oh man, that would have been great. Oh well. But cool, man. Well, let me, uh, let me dig up the. Austin Deeks' dad joke as he came in clutch per usual. Thank you, Austin. Um, he says, I found out my girlfriend is really a ghost. I had my suspicions the moment she walked through the door. <laughs> Somebody got you me. Oh, what's I, love, I love dad jokes. <laughs> they, They're so good. It's like the one good thing that came out of 2020 is the, the resurgence or emergence of dad jokes. And uh, I got somebody got me today at work um this one kid i heard from a from a, another coworker was like oh yeah uh lt so-and-so is really good at dad jokes you should ask him for one i was like okay so we have a break and i'm like hey uh um lt i'm not gonna name you but uh i heard you're good at dad jokes why don't you why don't you land me with one he's like no oh, you know i'm more like a long-winded story kind of guy and uh, blah blah blah. he starts talking he's like yeah i used to work for uh for hallmark um for a calendar factory and they fired me after I took a day off. And I was like, oh, that sucks, man. That's pretty... Sh- oh, I'm an idiot. So he, he got me pretty good with that one. <laughs> it's like in front of everybody. I was like, yeah, this is why I don't talk to people in, in person. But uh, All right, I got I got one for you. Fire. What did the fish say when it swam into a wall? I have no idea. Damn. <laughs> I, I love think, that one. Uh, right. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm mean, I, I can't censor that one. That one's too good. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, thanks again, Austin. Um, well, cool, man. Well, I think that's all I have. Um, definitely wanted to say thank you for for hitting me up. Um, I don't think, and I don't mean this by any offense, I would have um, thought to bring you on unless it was like for a recap in the future. But um, it's really good when when people. Uh, 
reach out to me and make it easier because I've got my little line of people I want to interview, but I'm, I'm more than happy to to kind of push that aside and, and bring on people that want to talk to Oddball. So I really appreciate you um, touching base and reaching out first, man. This is fun. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on. This has been a been a good time. Nice sure. conversation. You bet, man. Well, I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All right. So that was my interview with Kyle and Kyle, thank you so much, man, for, for being proactive and reaching out to me and, and just, you know, giving me another opportunity to talk to somebody that I would probably not normally get a chance to talk to, at least on the podcast, um, anytime soon. Um, when I say like, I really want to get out of my West coast bias or outside my sphere of influence, um, I really do. So if there is somebody out there that feels like you got a great story to tell, um, it's not, it's not hard talking about dodgeball. Um, once, once we get going, we can go for an hour and a half easily, um, as was the case with me and Kyle. And, uh, I just want to hear more about your story, where you came from, you know, what are the hurdles that you went through? What was your background like? What's your perspective of dodgeball, especially from your neck of the woods, so to speak. So if you have had any hesitations about coming on the show, um, don't let that stop you. Definitely hit me up. Um, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk. And if not me, Sergio, if not Sergio, then Justin, or maybe we can pull in another guest host. Um, but uh, this Dodgeball podcast is that. It's about Dodgeball, not not Steve's version or not what I know. Um, as much as I try to get out of it, um, I do fall into certain patterns. So it was really good to be um, taken away from that. So anyway, if you're still listening, thank you so much for doing so. Thank you, everyone that submitted questions. Have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. not silliness it's a lot of silliness generally yes but those are usually those are the the more funnier better received episodes yeah and of course there's like three or four who hurt yous oh i can't wait to get into those hit shelby hit that like as soon as you posted I, it's funny because she beat me to it i was actually gonna post it in my own wall i was like before connor says it who hurt you and then i saw that i was like Damn it, shelby yeah, I got the notification as soon as I clicked on it. It was just Shelby right there. Yeah, that's gonna be. We'll have to get into that. Um, all right. Well, I think we're all set. Uh, 